0: inaugural episode of the faith tech and space podcast from yours truly richard hay you know me from observe tech and 10 years and over 300 episodes of observe tech and i am back now with my new podcast that's been in development over the last few months since i ended observe tech lots going on and i just uh i got to tell you that intro music which you just heard um i had to play it for myself before i hit the record button on today's episode because i just find it to be such a an upbeat and, and positive tune it, it's um it's by a guy named scott holmes the tune is called mountains around us and that's about a 30 second segment out of the uh full two two and a half minutes of the music um he offers royalty free music if you're a podcaster like myself and you're non-commercial he's more than happy to give you permission to use it you just have to formally ask for that permission If you are a commercial person or needed in a commercial product, then he does sell those things as well and gives you a license to use that music. So I do have links to Scott's website and where all his music is, as well as directly to the page for the song Mountains All Around Us. That's that tune you heard that will be the intro and outro of the Faith Tech and Space podcast. He describes it as a rocky, experimental, airy track. It's got electric guitars, synths and uh, bass guitar and drums that are in there. Runs at about 100 beats a minute. So that is the intro-outro of the new Faith Tech and Space podcast. That's what I've been doing over the last few months. I knew I wanted to do another podcast. I wasn't quite sure what it would be. I knew I still wanted to talk about tech. I knew I still wanted to talk about space. Both of those were always big subjects in Observe Tech. Um, but the, the big shift in my life over the last few months... Uh, deals with my faith. I've always been a man of faith. Uh, I may not always have been um, overt about it in many ways, but I hope that my behavior, the way I deal with people, and conduct myself in the channels you know me. So on, on my past podcasts, on my website, through social media like Twitter, uh, that you that you s- at least saw through my behavior that that I tried to treat people fairly and and right, and that that is of course what I've always tried to do. I but like I said, I've never been overt about my faith in that sense, and I've had a significant change happen in the last few months that prompted one the end of the Observed Head podcast, and it was time you know 317 episodes. 10 years. You guys don't know how close I came to reviving it after about a month. There were so many positive points of feedback and stuff like that, that I almost resurrected the podcast from the perspective of doing it maybe twice or once a month. Um, But I, I, I was in the process of prepping that and realized that that was not the right path forward. So at that point, I started developing the concept of this podcast, this new podcast called Faith, Tech, and Space. So um, I, I got to start, though, with, with Scott Holmes's music. The title of that music is Mountains All Around Us. And it brings up an image of mountains being on all sides of us, right? So if you're, if you're down in the valley of a, of a mountain range, you've got mountain peaks on both sides of you. So there are summits that, that can be crested, and, and you can go up there and have just an unreal view of the world and life. And there are exits from valleys. There's always an exit from a valley, right? We we live life in peaks and valleys. And so I think Mountains All Around Us is a really uh, good kind of uh, visual for this because we do all live in peaks and in valleys of our life as, as life moves day by day. And so uh, just like life, that song kind of reminds me that we all live at some point in there, right? We're either between the valley and we're between the peaks and we go about life like that. Many times we don't know that people are in their valley or their peak because it may be hard to identify that with some folks. So we have to always be aware through our conduct, through our behavior, through our interactions that you don't know what someone is dealing with in life in general. So you have to treat people with respect and kindness. So um what changed for me significantly in the last few months is that I was um well let me do this first okay I got to mention the logo so I've got a link in the show notes in the show links page uh to the new logo that was designed by Florin Bodnărescu uh, he is familiar to you all here at windowsobserver.com and winobs.com, my wiki, because he designed the new logos for those two sites, uh, earlier this year. So you might, you'll find him on Twitter. I've got his handle there. It's sszecret spelled with a Z. Uh, and he also does, if you didn't know, he does work on NeoWin. He does graphical work on NeoWin, and he does a little writing for them. So he, he designed the new logo, and I, I gotta tell you about that design process, because when you're, when you're when you're developing a new podcast, you got to think about several different things, right? So I'm pretty settled on being with part of blueberry, which is what observed tech was part of. Um, I will be using the power plus press plugin of WordPress to be able to manage that on my site. It makes it easy to add additional shows. Um, and then, of course, it needed a new logo. So when I asked Florin to to work on this for me, he actually came to me a few weeks later with five ideas. So he showed me number one. We did some tweaks. It was really great. We did some tweaks to it. And then he said, okay, let's look at number two. All right. Hey, that's pretty cool. We made some tweaks to it. And we went through that with three and with four. And then at the end of four, I was settled. Four was the winner. Four was the one I wanted to have as the logo. Um, and he said, well, let me just show you number five just to show you, just to, to so you know about it. And boom, he showed me number five, and without a change, that is the logo for the Faith, Tech, and Space podcast because it kind of it, it encompasses all of those things. So I appreciate Florin's work on that because it really does make a big deal, big difference when you have a, a logo that really reflects the show. So getting back to the, the faith part of this podcast, why Faith in Tech? Uh, I'm a tech person. I've lived in tech most of my adult life, all of my adult life. And, of course, I was enthused about it as I was growing up and stuff. But it wasn't quite within reach in the same way it was once I joined the Navy. So so faith is in everything. There are elements of faith and reason and in all of our existences. And I know faith is a different thing for everybody else. For me, faith, for me, is Catholicism, the Catholic Church. And I know it's different for all of you and I know for some of you that faith is not a thing and and I get that and I You know, I I understand that that all of us on our different paths different points of our journeys through life even those of us that are part of the same faith we're all at different stages of our journey so Twofold why I wanted to add faith to this podcast, and first off is is my own faith. Sharing more of my own faith, being more overt about my faith, not banging the head, uh, you know, beating people about the head with my faith. That's not my intent. My intent is to share my faith and my experience and and my reason for who I am and where I am uh, with others. And, and let that be an influence or to be something that creates others' thoughts. Not to become a Catholic necessarily, uh, although if that's the path you choose, then great. But if not, just to find that balance and that place in your own life where you have confidence and faith and, and reason. And all of that is interacting to give you a broader view of life. The other thing about faith is tech is inundated by faith. Uh, we do, there are we we have more access to things of faith today via the World Wide Web than we ever had before. Uh, uh, Pope John Paul now Saint Pope John Paul II called it the new evangelization uh, and talked about the new media and that was the internet at the time. And now uh, you've got people like Bishop Barron, who's an auxiliary bishop in Los Angeles, who is responsible for a program called Word on Fire. As he was as he was. Uh, A priest, he would take a show called Catholicism, and he would show you different places about our faith and and teach us about that. So he he has certainly maximized the impact of the new media in this new form of evangelization. And and so social media, websites, technology, apps, all of that intertwine faith and tech in a very... um, obvious way because it's what we've done with other parts of our lives so why shouldn't faith why shouldn't our our spirituality why shouldn't that core of us have the opportunity to be shared in that way as well so that's why faith right i i want to to share with you all my own journey of faith Um, And I will do more and more of that as the shows progress. I will share with you again that that change that occurred for me in the last few months was the fact um, that I uh, was accepted into our diocesan formation program for the permanent diaconate. So I've heard this calling for many years. And uh went through the my wife and I went through the application process over the last year and a half, and we found out this August that we had been accepted into the formation program by the diocesan bishop. So we have started classes. I'm doing online classes currently this this uh, quarter is uh, or semester is philosophy and theology. And then locally, we're doing other classes. Uh, there's, we, are, I am in a cohort of with seven other men, so there are eight of us going through this three-year formation program. We've all been through previous formation on, on the lay leader level, a three-year program here in our diocese called Ministry Formation Program. And so that is a prerequisite, but doesn't bind anyone that goes through it to have to apply for the diaconate. So there are eight of us. We are are doing our local thing, local classes, which will consist of classes on various subjects. We'll have a couple of retreats each year. We'll have a couple of um, excursions that we do to go learn more about our faith here in our diocese. Uh, And we'll have a a formation retreat at the end of the year where we'll go through a vocations board interview, very similar to what we did through the application process. And then each year we're reevaluated. To continue on in the program or not, and so um, that is what I'm doing. That is what my uh, time is involved in. It's part of why I set aside observe tech to make some time to get settled into that routine. Now that I'm a few months into that, I feel comfortable in in debuting the Faith Tech in Space podcast and. So you can expect faith to have some part of the discussion in each show here. Again, it may involve the impact of faith in tech and vice versa, or it may simply be a note or a, or a side note about my own faith formation and my own journey. So that is what is going on in the faith world. And then tech, right? Tech is a part I talked about. Tech, of course, observed tech was the the meat of the Observe Tech podcast, and I will continue to talk about tech in this podcast. I will continue to focus on Microsoft. That's kind of where I look and where I focus on. So I will continue to look at their stuff and what they're doing. And then, of course, space. Space is something also that I regularly mentioned in Observe Tech, but it was never formally, quote unquote, formally, part of the podcast. Well, it is now, faith, tech, and space. There's so much where all of these things cross paths and they have an impact with each other. And so bringing them together in a single show will give me an opportunity to share uh, my own experiences. I wanna hear about your experiences across these three areas. And each show, we'll talk about a, a little bit about each one, okay? So that's the plan. Thank you for tuning in to episode one of Faith, Tech, and Space. And so you've heard the faith piece of today and kind of the development and the ideas around this podcast and how it has come to be. So let's jump into the tech part. All right. One of the things I'm not quite sure yet about is how often I'm going to do this show. Uh, I do not believe it's going to be a weekly show. Uh, that is a, a large obligation in and around the class obligations I have this year when it comes to my formation and for the next three years. So it's potential, you know, if, if, the, if the path for me, the true path for me leads to ordination, I will be ordained as a deacon in the Catholic Church in about three years but if it doesn't then i'm still going to be who i am i'm still going to do the things i do and i would still talk about faith tech and space right so uh that is kind of where we're at so the the tech part of things i will talk about just like i did in observe tech so i figured depending on the periodicity of the show Tech news moves pretty quick. So I will always kind of adjust to the latest and greatest kind of approach. So I, I decided for this inaugural episode, the tech main, the main part of this podcast about the tech pieces, I'll focus on Windows Insiders and where we stand. Edge Insiders, which is you know the development of the new Edge Chromium Browser, and then I'll probably talk about uh, the latest releases and stuff like that and some hardware stuff. So let's jump in and talk about Windows Insider, okay? So where do we stand right now today? And that is the release of Windows 10 Insider Preview Build 19025. That was released earlier this week, just a couple days ago. In fact, I think it was on Friday. It kind of caught everybody off guard that it came out, actually, late on a Friday. No big new features. They are continuing to work on 20... This is 20H1, right? This is the first release of the first half of 2020. Now, the question mark is, is when is this going to release? Because there are some rumors. uh, Zach Bowden from Windows Central has reported that... It looks like this might finalize in December of this year and then go and then be released sometime in 2020. That would certainly fit with the 20H1 uh, nomenclature, the code name. So not a whole lot of new features at this point with, with 20H1. It has gotten some over time. Don't forget, we've been testing this since February of this year, right? It landed in Skip Ahead. It's been in Fast Ring the whole time. And that's something else that changed this week. Uh, So the one big thing in 19025 was improvements on Windows Search. So now Windows Search is incorporated into the File Explorer. It will be able to search your OneNote. uh, I'm not OneNote. Well, I guess OneNote, OneDrive files and things of that nature. They've done some tweaks to the search indexer so it doesn't uh, cause excessive disk use and GPU, and just generally they have uh, done some performance tweaking. And And kind of tweaked it down so it doesn't uh, occupy the system like it used to. And they got a lot of changes in 19025. Now that's fast ring. The other thing that finally happened because 19H2, which was the cumulative update that was just released. And we'll talk about that in a minute. uh, They have now moved Windows 10 20H1 into the slow ring. The first build to go there was 19013. That build is now in slow ring, replacing 19H2. So if you're on slow ring, you're seeing 20H1 in there now. So that's back to the normal kind of configuration we're used to, right? A few builds ahead in fast ring for the that code name, 20H1, and a couple builds behind in slow ring will be another uh, release. So that's where we stand with 20H1, fast ring, slow ring. Of course, the Windows 10 SDK continues to be updated. It tends to follow about a week behind the latest fast ring build. And so, build 19018 of the software development kit for Windows 10 20H1 is out and available. So, that's where we stand with Edge Insider. Or I'm sorry, Windows Insiders. On Edge Insider, so that we just had Microsoft Ignite. I was down in Orlando for that uh, coverage of that event. Lots going on. The big news around Edge was. Is that we saw a new logo come out due to a a, there was a bit of a a scavenger hunt on the web and they revealed a new logo Uh, they then announced formally on Monday that the release candidate is out that's the beta channel so if you're on edge and running beta that is the potential release candidate and the target for the release of the general availability of edge chromium for everyone both enterprise and consumers is in January 2020 on the 15th. So now they say that's the target. That doesn't mean it will be the date, but if their quality uh, standards are hit, that's when they'll release it to everybody. And then we'll have Edge Stable, right? So then we will have four channels of Edge Chromium in development. Edge Canary, which is currently on build 80.0.335.0, that is a daily build update. doesn't get released on the weekends, so you normally see a, a big jump on Mondays, but otherwise the day-to-day builds are just very incremental. Then you have Edge Developer Channel, that is on 80.0.328.4. That is a weekly release, so they take, they take the, the best of Canary, release it once a week, that is the Edge Developer build. Uh, And then we have Edge Beta. So Edge Beta, which is on build 79.0.309.18, is your release candidate. That will get released about once every six weeks. So uh, they did go through a couple quick updates during Ignite, the first couple days of Ignite, because they were working on getting the new icon out, because the new icon debuted on Tuesday after everything was announced on Monday at the keynotes. So they now I think have got themselves back on track. So you can expect the edge beta to update about once every six weeks. I guess it's potentially possible. It might update more often, but their target with edge beta as a release candidate is stability. So that means they're going to probably stick to that four to six week schedule. And then again, targeting the mid January date for the general availability of the edge stable channel. And again, that will also be updated about once every six weeks. So, how that will sync up with the beta six week cycle and the stable six week cycle, I think they might be, uh, the stable channel might be, will obviously fall behind the beta channel because that's how they want to keep things spread out. So, that's where we, that's the kind of what's going on with Edge. So, they announced the new logo, they announced the new Edge and Bing, they introduced a new tab page for enterprise customers, they uh, gave some information for debu- website developers and what they can do to get things ready for the new Edge and then they also released the chromium uh edge got a uh, arm 64 build release so rich woods over at neil Wynn wrote about this i was actually sitting next to him and watched him run edge canary in an emulator which was chunky and slow and then i watched him download the the available release of the edge beta browser br- uh, the edge canary browser running on arm built for arm and it was just it smoked. It was great. It was fast. It was pretty amazing. So the that is now out. And what you can expect over time is that will then the Edge Dev Channel, Developer Channel, will get added. The Edge Beta Channel will get added, and then eventually a stable channel will be added for ARM 64 as well. I've also got a link here to the uh, Microsoft Tech Community web pages for Edge and some of their top feedback summaries. So if you if you don't know about the Tech Community, you can take this link. You can go there and you can follow all the product teams and what they're doing and how they're working on stuff. So that's where we stand with Edge and Edge Insiders. Lots going on there, very busy, very active. Stable builds, I've been on them since April when the first Edge Canary build released. And I've slowly added each channel, and they continue to remain extremely stable, with the exception of a couple times an Edge build or Canary build was released and it had a little issue, and they fixed it within 24 hours. And that's the beauty of Edge Chromium, because they are no longer stuck to an OS update schedule. They, can, they have these things on a daily, weekly, uh, six-week schedule, so they're able to do the updates pretty much at will. Uh, What else happened? Okay, so this past Tuesday, which was Patch Tuesday, and as you know, I'm a patch early, patch often kind of person, and that's what I will always say. Uh, But what happened was is Windows 10 version 1909, what they also labeled last month the November 2019 update, has come out. This is what used to be Windows 10 19H2, the second release for the second half of 2019, or the release for the second half of 2019. So we have that out now. It's available to what they still call them seekers, but here's the big change. Windows 10 version 1903, the April 2019 update that came out earlier this year, changed the way updates are offered to users. So you now when, when, when you hit send, uh, check for updates it doesn't just assume you want whatever the latest release is. It actually puts it in a little box and, and sets it aside, sets it apart and gives you a separate download and install button to be able to then install that build. So the other big change with 1909 is the fact that it's just a cumulative update to 1903. So, if you're on 1903, the update cycle to 1909, because it's such a small update, doesn't take any time at all. It's kind of like a Patch Tuesday patch. So... It's very quick. You'll be back up and running in 10 to 15 minutes, and you will be on Windows 10 version 1909. Everything that was built for 1903 will continue to work on 1909 because it's just a cumulative update, just like any Patch Tuesday between last April, this past April, and now. So it's that same system. The next full feature update uh, will be 20H1, which is already in fast and slow ring. So... There's, that means 1909, they do have some details for developers. It doesn't mean a lot of changes for you guys, but there are some things to be aware of. And then they also talk about this update being valuable for businesses. And in fact, because it's the fall update, this 1909 update is good for 30 months for anybody running enterprise and education versions of Windows 10. Uh, for everybody else on Pro and Home, it's a 18-month support cycle just like any other. Um, and then here locally for myself, I grabbed the HP Stream 7 and the new Vision 8 and 10-inch tablets that I have to test with, and all of them easily updated to 1909 without a problem. But again, didn't take as long, didn't take as much disk because it was a cumulative update as opposed to a uh, full feature update that had to download three to four gigabyte kind of thing. So that is out. <clears throat> Excuse me. So those are out and those are ready to go. Um, Hardware-wise, what's going on? Well, back in October, on the 2nd of October, Microsoft held their uh, Surface event up in New York City. I got to attend that event, and I attended as a Surface fan. So I was part of that group that was in the room. There were a lot of them clapping and cheering and stuff like that. It was a great two-day event. They took really good care of us. They put us up in a hotel. Uh, at the reception the night before the event, we met Yusuf Mehdi and some other folks from Microsoft. The football cupcake guys that are in the commercial for Surface met those guys. And as we left, they gifted us a set of Surface headphones. First pair I've ever had. So I've tried them, but this, I've had a blast using those things over the last uh, month or so, month and a half. And then we went the next morning to breakfast. Panos Pani came and talked to us at breakfast as well as Yusuf Mehdi. And then they took us over to the Surface event. And we had great seats in the Surface event venue. Uh, After the Surface event, they whisked us off to lunch while the press and media all looked at the devices. And then a couple hours later, they brought us back to the venue so we could check out all the new hardware. So that was Surface Pro X, that was Surface Pro 7, Surface Laptop 3, the new Buds that they announced, and a few other pieces and sundry accessories and stuff like that that was out. One of the great things was at the end of the day, uh, thanks to a gift from Intel, we were given the choice of either Surface Laptop 3... The i5 8GB, 128GB SSD uh, option for the Surface Laptop, the silver one with Alcantara, or a Surface Pro 7 with a black uh, type cover. So I opted for the Surface Laptop 3, and I am really impressed with this this device just being an i5. It runs extremely well and probably will become my travel device, Uh, and I've been having a blast. I've been sharing about it on Twitter. I will probably write something up about my experiences about it as well. So lots going on in the hardware world, and there's a lot to be excited about. And of course, we saw the demo of or the debut of Surface Neo and Surface Duo, which is Microsoft's folding screen devices. Uh, Those are due out next holiday season, so it will be interesting to watch as they continue to develop and how Microsoft approaches the development of apps and stuff like that for those devices to take advantage of the dual screens. Other things going on in tech was uh, Microsoft Ignite, as I mentioned earlier. So I've got links here to all the news that it was Ignite. The the book they published, it was hundreds of small line-item stuff that changed or were announced for Microsoft, ranging across the board. Uh, And then I've got a link here to all the Ignite sessions. Uh, any, All the sessions are available online. You can download them, download the PowerPoint decks, and you can see what they talked about right there from Ignite without having to have made the travel or anything like that. So all of that is accessible. And I highly recommend that if you're involved in a certain technology that you take advantage of that content being there because there was so much put out and there were so many great sessions that kind of put the rubber to the road of the technology and the feature announcement that came out of the keynotes and then show you how to put it to use. In other tech kind of stuff, I've got a couple blog posts on WindowsObserver.com from the last week. One is about version 1909, Windows 10, the new release that came out. And I also recently went through a change of hosting providers. So I had a, I was knocked offline because of a spike uh, due to bot search indexer crawler traffic. My, my usage spiked last Saturday night to about 80% of the 100% available, and they shut me off. And I attempted for four days to get turned back on at least to my own IP in order to work on stuff and get it where they would be happy and turn me back on. But that took five days. But at the four day mark, I changed providers. Somebody popped up in my my Twitter mentions, a company called Skystra. I was I was migrated and moved over to them in just a few hours. And by that night, all my domains were switched to the registrar. And except for a few odd things, the last few days, I've been tweaking everything back in. I am crazy, crazy happy with the, the hosting provider there, Skystra. They gave me the first month free. They bought out my Bluehost contract or basically gave me seven months credit because of what I had left on my Bluehost contract. And so now Bluehost has still got me suspended but there isn't a file left on Bluehost that belonged to me and everything is running on the new Skystra surface, which is actually built on top of Google Cloud Platform and they offer two levels of your ability to work within their control panel so they have this uh, dashboard called Nova very simple straightforward for most of the day-to-day stuff works very well and then they have cPanel which is available on a lot of hosting services to get a little more deeper into the nuts and bolts so that is where I'm at now and the difference in the speed of my sites is tremendous I've been able to get rid of some plugins that I don't need now because of service services, Skyster provides automatic that I had to pay extra for before. And so I'm really, really thrilled with this. And I know it's only been a four or five days and we're still on the honeymoon, but man, I am really, really impressed. And this is only my third hosting provider change in the, what, since 2004, since I came here to the U.S. uh, when I was still on active duty in the Navy. All right, let's talk a little space now, the part of uh, Faith, Tech, and Space. First off, SpaceX. Couple of updates for them. They had an, a launch earlier this week for 60 more Starlink satellites. This is uh, space. This will now make 120 that are in orbit, and this is part of SpaceX's plan to bring broadband uh, internet connectivity to more parts of the globe. Uh, SpaceX tested their Starship a few weeks ago, and now they got an update on their Starship. Starship is their big Rocket kind of personnel carrier. This is the rocket that they eventually want to go to Mars and carry people and cargo, and will be the basis for a Mars colony and Mars inhabitation. Inhabita- uh, but they've got an update on Starship because at some point they're going to do an orbital launch with Starship, uh, which will be and it's going to happen from the Cape as well. So they're building a launch pad right next to Historic 39A, where where Apollo's all went up at, all the moon landings, all the shuttle launch, the shuttle launches as well. And then they did do a crew Dragon test fire launch of the launch escape system. You might remember several months ago they did this and the, the uh, spacecraft blew up on the test pad. So they have since fixed that, sorted out what was wrong, made those corrections, and have had had a successful launch escape system test. The next step for Dragon for SpaceX is to do uh, an in-launch aboard. So it's going to be on top of a Falcon 9, I think a Heavy, And at some point in the ascent, uh, going upstairs, heading towards orbit, they are going to do an abort and use the launch escape system, which are Draco thrusters, uh, rocket engines, to pull the capsule away, unmanned, and then test and make sure that works well. They've already done um, a a test itself of the the capsule. It's gone to the space station and come back again. So that is another step closer to them being able to launch with uh, astronauts on board. I suspect that will be sometime next year. Boeing is the other big player here, right? So they're they're building the SLS, which is the Space Launch System. That they just mounted the fourth engine on the initial SLS core that will do the first uh, Boeing launch of their CST-100. I believe that's the one to the moon. Um, and then they did a Starliner test, so they did a pad test out west, um, and it was successful. However, the third parachute did not open. They have done tests in the past were just two parachutes open and it was to test two parachute landing and Mm -hmm. kept the third one from opening this one all three should have opened and they didn't so they will they consider it successful but they need to research that and so they are coming up to their first orbital flight test that is on scheduled for december 17th i've dropped my name in the hat and i'm hoping to get picked up for a nasa social for that to be able to go down and experience that in person if not i'll probably find a reason to be down there in the vicinity anyway But that will be their first test of sending CST-100 into orbit. And I believe, I I think that orbital flight test will include a rendezvous and docking to the International Space Station. So that will be another step in their process towards manned launches. And of course, at some point, they've got to do an in-launch abort as well to test that system out for keeping the astronauts safe. Okay, there's faith, there's tech, and there's space. And there is the first inaugural episode of Faith, Tech, and Space. So uh, this will will be the format for the most part uh, for the future shows. Again, I have not fully decided on the periodicity of this. I'm pretty confident it will not be weekly. I think I'd really like to go bi-monthly, so do it every two weeks. Uh, And I think that's a pretty good periodicity and should fit in with my own schedule of classes and other things going on with just my day job as well as my formation and everything for the diaconate. So um, the big benefit of doing this show today and getting it rolling is I get to test out all the plumbing. I get to, I've been working on the website stuff to connect everything through the PowerPress plugin and WordPress, which is an absolutely awesome plugin. I did use it for observe tech its entire life. So, uh, this will allow me to test the connectivity to it, to make sure I can measure things, to make sure I can get everything populated. And then I will go through the submission process of starting to submit the show to podcast directories. So iTunes, Google podcast, it'll be available via RSS. It'll be available via email, Uh, slowly, but surely I hope to get it on Spotify and all the other places that observe tech was. So, this will allow me to start that process as I start to build the show sequence up for uh, Faith, Tech, and Space. So with that, I'm going to close this one out. Uh, I'm going to wish you all the best. I'm going to wish you blessings. I'm going to wish that you stay safe on the internet and in life and that you take a moment to take a deep breath and look around you and appreciate those things that are close to you. So until next time, stay safe, and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Faith, Tech, and Space podcast. Take care, everybody you.